Welcome to The Franchise Life. I am your host, Stacey Shannon. Today, we are featuring a brand called Cabinet IQ, and we are blessed to have the founder and CEO with us, Michael Hartel. Welcome, Michael. Hey there. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So Cabinet IQ, I am drawn to this brand because this is a very niche uh, space that you are in and certainly um, renovations and home remodeling is an ongoing and big investment area for homeowners. So your brand was established in 2017 and you started franchising in 2022. Based out of Austin, Texas, you have three corporate locations. So as the founder, how did you come up with the idea of Cabinet IQ? Yeah, great question. Uh, it's a little bit of a story, but I'll start with saying that I actually got into this industry in an atypical way. Uh, I actually got my PhD in engineering from the University of Florida. Uh, so I never even started in construction to begin with. Uh, but after graduating from uh, the University of Florida, I wasn't really happy with my day job, just staring in front of a computer for you know eight or nine hours a day kind of sucked the creativity out of me that I had in grad school to do uh, flexible academic work. Uh, so basically looking for something else to do, I found real estate investments. So buying a house, uh, fixing it up, selling it for a profit, uh, it was able to basically pay me more than I was making at my day job. So I ended up quitting uh, around 2015. I got into construction full time uh, doing investments. And then from there, people asked me to remodel their houses, started remodeling for clients. And within a couple of years of the industry, being in the industry, I found a really interesting problem and it ended up being in cabinets. So basically you remodel a house, you get towards the end and it's time to put cabinets in. And if they're not done right, it can really hang you up for you know, weeks, sometimes months. So uh, all the other processes I felt really comfortable with, um, you know, monitoring the work, making sure it's done well and on time. And then when it comes to cabinets, you're really, uh, your, your hands are tied. You're basing your projects on a professional's opinion and their, um, their work. So, you know, using cheap cabinet companies in Austin, expensive cabinet companies, they all kept having the same problems. So around 2016, I took it into my own hands and started teaching myself kitchen design and doing my own projects, ordering my own cabinets, installing my own cabinets. And uh, at that point, I could control control the work. So I started helping other remodeling friends and then friends of friends. And then 2017, I had people calling me that I had never met, asking me to help them. So that's kind of the evolution of how it turned into a real business. Uh, and then fast forward, you know, what seems like a short five years. We won Austin Business Journal's Fastest Growing Company Award. Uh, we won it in 2021 and 2022. And then from there, I had a big decision to make. Do I keep opening up more corporate stores? You know, we had a model that worked. Uh, it was a really uh, great business. You know, customers are happy. Employees are happy. It's a fun, a fun business to be in. So the decision was to open up more corporate stores or uh, franchise, right? And I really fell in love with the idea of franchising, the win-win nature of the relationship between franchisor and franchisee. It seemed really 
interesting to bring other entrepreneurs in to give them an opportunity to uh, uh, run a successful business. So that's when we decided to franchise. And um, basically the last couple of years, I've just been pouring my heart and soul into the training and uh, really understanding what's needed for a franchisee to be successful. So we found Raintree, you know, one of the best FSOs out there. I'm very excited to partner with them. They've been fantastic with the marketing collateral, uh, finding us great candidates, getting them to Austin and, and awarding franchises. So it's been a, a fun, a fun few years for us. Well, thank you for sharing that. What a great background. I love a founder story because you solved a, you found a problem and a need and created a solution for that. So cabinet IQ is solely focused on cabinets and countertops, correct? That's right. Yes. So starting out, we actually did full kitchen remodels. We would do everything, you know, take it all apart, put it all back together. That involved, you know, not just cabinets and countertops, but the flooring, the paint, trim, carpentry, backsplash, appliances, you know, you know what goes into a full kitchen remodel. It's a lot. So what we found is, you know, as you started to scale, it's really tough to find multiple crews that do the same level of quality. So now you're managing, you know, dozens and dozens of people. Uh, it ended up kind of, in a way, getting out of hand. We weren't able to scale and uh, and do a really good job. So we actually backed off, um, started only supplying cabinets and countertops for the install, and then we would sell uh, tile and wood flooring. So that was kind of like the evolution too, is to not do the full remodel, just do cabinets and countertops and sell the materials for the other parts of the project. Uh, but even then, you know, when someone comes into the store and they are looking just for, I don't know, 10 square feet of backsplash and, you know, you're with them for a few hours, you know, financially, it didn't really make sense for us to be a, a, a small tile company. Um, so we decided to go even more niche and that was just to offer cabinets and countertops. And, you know, something actually really interesting happened when we made this transition. Um, so before, when we did full remodels, obviously our competition are kitchen remodelers, right? So, so now we're in a space of uh, being a general contractor. When we decided to go niche and just do cabinets and countertops, now our competitors who actually do full kitchen remodels, they actually became customers and some of our best customers. So these are repeat customers that understand that we're not necessarily a competitor, we're more of a, a trusted uh, material supplier for them. So it's been really fun to make that transition and uh, and have people send in, you know, between five to 40 clients a year, you know, these general contractors that are doing high volume, we're their trusted source, we make it really easy for them, a great experience for them and a great experience for their clients. So it's been fun to transition and go really niche and uh, turn, you know, what were competitors into clients. Uh, there's a couple other franchise systems um, out there. Uh, some of them are focused more on fixing, you know, fixing cabinets, doing very small jobs, maybe painting or adding one cabinet. Uh, the average ticket's pretty small, so you actually need a lot of customers to make it a business. Um, and then on the other hand, there's uh, full full remodeling companies uh, that also do struggle with the same issues that we had, and that's the scalability. So. It's been pretty cool to figure out our niche, figure out what's successful, uh, where the margins are for the franchisees. Um, so, you know, taking on fewer customers with higher tickets and, and higher margins is kind of the, the sweet spot for us. Yeah, that's very commendable. That's hard for, you know, some business owners to recognize, uh, you know, really to scale back and 
not be all things to everybody and just understand where your sweet spot is and pivot. So very commendable, Michael. So you mentioned uh, average ticket. So with Cabinet IQ, your average ticket price is $25,000. And the breakdown in your business model is 75% cabinets and 25% countertops. So as a franchise owner, um, how does the acquisition of those materials, what does that look like? Yeah, great question. Uh, so we know which material vendors have been the, the best for us. And we've actually pared down our offerings to just a few different suppliers. Um, and these are suppliers that we've had conversations with their national sales directors, and they've agreed to basically discount um, between um, 8 to 20% off uh, the materials for the franchisees. So they believe in our growth. They like our model. They've seen our growth in, in Austin locally. And uh, they're basically giving the same sort of discounts to uh, our franchisees. So, you know, instead of going to open up your own cabinet store and paying 20% more for materials, uh, they start immediately with brand recognition, with a process, with systems, uh, with pretty high-tech uh, software that we've built out custom for our, our system. Um, and then, you know, good, good products at a great price. So that's really what the consumers are going to want as well. And uh, from a proprietary aspect, uh, you know, what what do you offer? I mean, that is, you know, one of the sweet spots or value adds with a franchise system is those processes that the tools and processes that are in place. So is there a proprietary aspect to Cabinet IQ? Uh, there's a couple. One, the biggest one for us is actually our own cabinet line. Uh, so we found, again, in going even more niche into a niche, we found there's um, basically two classes of cabinets. There's uh, stock cabinets. So these are typically made overseas, uh, shipped unassembled. So they arrive in, in flat packs. You have to open them up, assemble them, and then install them. Um, so they're really only available in a few different colors. It's not what everyone wants. Not everyone wants the cheapest cabinet. And then a step up from that uh, is a high-end custom cabinet. So not everyone wants to pay high-end prices, uh, but they also don't want cheap cabinets with only a couple of offerings and very limited sizes, very limited colors. Uh, so we actually have our own manufacturing, uh, um, which produces right in the middle, which is kind of our sweet spot of average ticket. Uh, so the other issue with uh, stock cabinets is you can only get a couple colors. There's white, gray, um, and maybe a brown, right? And not everyone wants to be able to choose from those. So our custom cabinet, you can pick any color from Sherwin-Williams. So this is really cool to offer to clients. We actually had someone last week that came in with a, uh, a baby blue purse. And she said, uh, I'd like to be able to match this. This is my favorite color. Can you guys uh, produce a cabinet like this? And we said, we sure can. So we opened up the Sherwin-Williams fan deck of colors. And uh, she picked the perfect one for, for her. So that was pretty neat. Um, so manufacturer direct, we're actually not marking up these materials at all. Um, the the uh, Our cost is the franchisee's cost, and it ends up being about, um, about, about half of what they would expect to pay from another cabinet brand. So we're not reselling, you know, this line, we're not reselling other people's cabinets. This is our own um, manufacturing for 
the franchisees. So that's really special. It's a really a good niche. That product has done extremely well for us. Um, and then the other one is uh, some software that we built out. It's a proprietary uh, budgeting software. So, um, you know, this is an interesting statistic from the National Kitchen and Bath Association. The average number of kitchen remodels that a homeowner does in their lifetime is 1.2, right? 1.2, so that's pretty much one, which means that they've never done it before. And, uh, you know, we do about 300 remodels a year. So we have a lot of data on people and the in, in kind of the interactions. And we've noticed that some people walk in and they say, I don't know if this is $10,000 or $100,000. You know, we don't really have a budget. I kind of know what I want, but we don't know where to get started. There's a lot of companies out there that'll just take that um, as an opportunity to go to someone's job site, measure, spend, you know, almost a whole day on a design, uh, give a client uh, the design and the price. And then they're like, oh, you know, $50,000. I thought this was, you know, $20,000. And then the whole deal goes away uh, and you just wasted a lot of time. So we saw this as a reoccurring problem. Uh, and with the number of remodels that we've done, we built a proprietary software that we can uh, take just two numbers from someone's kitchen and uh, turn it into a quote. And this is the, the linear foot of upper. So basically the length of the upper cabinets and then the length of the lower cabinets. So um, the upper cabinets are cheaper typically than the lower cabinet. And uh, those two numbers are never the same. So it's not like you can plug in just one number. So the two numbers is the most simple way to get down to uh, the measurements in the kitchen. We plug it into our software and it actually spits out uh, budget ranges for every single one of our cabinet lines. And then it's our job, you know, that's part of the reason we named the company Cabinet IQ is to educate the clients on what good, better and best look like and let them make a decision for themselves. Um, so we don't sell people cabinets. Uh, we basically let them choose from, from our offerings. So instead of being pushy and saying, here's the cabinet you want to buy, Mrs. Smith, it's it's more like a conversation. Mrs. Smith, I know this is a little bit complicated, but we made it as simple as possible. Here's the you know good, better, and best prices. Here's what good, better, and best gets you, whether it's warranty, whether it's finished quality, hardware, um, all sorts of stuff. We break down what good, better, and best look like with the price ranges, and then ask them, which one do you think is best for you? And then once they uh, find a product that works for them, we charge a $250 design consultation. So we'll, we will go to their house, but that's after an understanding of product, budget. You know, They like us, they like the product, they like the price. The next step is really to take the final measurements, design, and then um, give them the final price for, for everything. And uh, that process has worked out really well for us. It keeps everyone aligned from from day one, as opposed to kind of, in a way, wild goose chases and uh, spending your time with people that may not be clients of yours. That is very cool. A couple of years ago, um, well, so I'm from Iowa and we moved to South Florida three years ago, bought an older house after having just built a brand new house in Iowa. And so when we bought this house, I went into it telling my husband, we, this place is going to be gutted. We needed to take down a wall. We had a galley kitchen. And so I went through a complete remodel and everything you're saying resonates so much with, you know, just having limited options as far as colors of products of the cabinets um, countertops, I was really pleased with, but the cabinets, you know, limited standard colors, 
Um, but the quotes, I mean, I definitely wasn't given a, you know, a good, better, best. And the, the prices just kept escalating. Um, so I love that. And, you know, the quick, uh, estimate that you're able to give your customers while on property is fantastic. So, um, what does when, okay, let's talk about the investment level. So for an investment in cabinet IQ for a single territory, uh, the, it ranges from a hundred, about 190,000 to 280,000. This is not a home-based business model. This is, you do need some type of storefront, but you don't need to be in prime real estate space, correct? That's right. That's right. So we found that cabinets is more of an intent-based search, right? So you, when you need cabinets, you're going to look for them as opposed to driving down the road, you see a smoothie shop and you're like, that's a good idea right now and, and pull over. Um, so what this allows you to be, to, to do is, is not be in, you know, A plus or A real estate that keeps the cost down. So that's that's one way that we're able to keep the cost lower for the franchisees. The other thing is that, again, our, our national partnerships with these vendors, they've agreed to either pay all of the materials for the showroom or, um, you know, at a minimum 50%. And then so if something costs $10,000 for the showroom, they'll discount uh, 5000 off the bat and then they'll allow them to pay off the other 5000 over 18 months. And uh, it basically is a it's called a memo bill. So. Uh, 2% of the product that they sell uh, goes to pay that off. So it ends up being free if they hit their, their sales targets. So really interesting um, build out that we've taken our vendors, you know, designed the showroom to be the optimal shopping experience, and then um, asked our vendors to, to pay for all those materials. So uh, it's obviously an investment for them, uh, but they wouldn't do it if they didn't think that we were going to be successful. So really cool to partner with them. Um, that investment level would be probably double that to build out a, a cabinet showroom. And um, it's something that we've been able, able to provide and keep the cost lower for our franchisees. That's fantastic. And talk me through what the hub and spoke model would look like for a franchise owner. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically the model that we're running uh, now is basically one central location. That's a showroom. That's uh, our ops office and a small warehouse to receive goods. Uh, we don't we don't inventory anything, meaning everything that comes through our hands is already paid for by the client in full. Um, so it's basically a small a small uh, warehouse to keep um, extra stuff um, as it comes in. Um, a lot of the shipments go directly to the customer's house, and we just manage that process internally. Um, but the hub and spoke model is basically one central location that is, you know, your hub, it's, it's your whole team in ops and, um, and one designer that works out of that location. And then all the other stores after that, that can open up are relatively smaller locations. So these can be in, in better real estate if you want for visibility, but it's only around a thousand or 1100 square feet. Um, and it's basically a showroom and it's only designed to have someone go there buy stuff. Um, but when when the project kicks off, ops manages it out of the central location. So what it allows you to do is basically have um, multiple locations and um, and have it all run through a central, uh, a central ops facility. Fantastic. 
And from an employee standpoint, this is a subcontractor model. Why did you choose subcontractor model versus a employee base? Yeah, great question. Um, so we've tried both. You know, we went back and forth several times over the years with with both models. Um, honestly, the uh, subcontractor model is is more of a win win for the um, employer and the employee, uh, the subcontracted employee. Uh, this allows some flexibility around uh, busy seasons as well. So when things get really busy, um, you know, the, the amount of jobs we do in the summer is almost double what we do in the wintertime. That's just the natural cycle of construction. So this allows us to be more flexible with our, uh, with our staffing. And the subcontractor model is more of a direct cost to the job as opposed to the overhead. So it, it keeps the overhead down for the for the organization and and honestly uh subcontractors want to work piecework they want to get in do a really good job leave and know exactly what they're going to get paid uh there's more of an incentive honestly to um, get work done more efficiently and uh, and have really high quality um the way that we pay our subcontractors is set up so that they um, understand that they don't get paid until the job is 100 percent finished with the customer signed off you know very happy um, so they know, you know, from the moment they walk into the house until, until they leave, they're there to do a good job, clean up after themselves. And, uh, you know, we incentivize them to get five-star reviews. So when their name is mentioned in a review, they get a, a pretty generous, uh, bonus. Um, it's pretty, you know, it's honestly a little bit expensive for us, but, uh, the value is there because they know that, um, when they do a good job and they get a good review, uh, that they make a, a, a pretty nice, uh, bonus. So as opposed to getting tipped. Uh, we actually tip them. So when we switch to this uh, subcontractor model, uh, paying, you know, referral or not referral, but um, kind of performance bonuses based on reviews, our uh, customer service, you know, skyrocketed. Um, and then, the, you know, customer satisfaction at promoter score, all those went through the roof. So it's a culture that you build. It's a, it's a five-star culture. That's the expectation. You know, five stars is is like the minimum that we that we accept at the company. Um, so finding subcontractors that want to do good work and uh, be a part of our family, that's, that's been a, a, key to, to, a key to our success. That is fascinating. I, you know, many times when I'm talking to prospects about business models that do utilize subcontractors, uh, there's somewhat of a fear that sets in because it's, you know, it's number one, it's an unknown to them. Um, how are they going to get subcontractors? Are there going to be subcontractors available when they need a job? But what you've just articulated, um, you are creating a culture where those subcontractors, you know, given its performance base, there's incentives there, they're going to want to keep coming back and working with cabinet IQ business owners. Um, you know, I, I mean, those are, those are incentives that are not in place. I mean, just across industries. So I love that. Um, all yeah, right. Just one more thing to yeah. just, you know, something that's interesting about the subcontractor model is, um, you know, we set them up for success, right? Imagine a cabinet company that sold 12 feet of cabinets on a 10 foot wall and the subcontractor shows up and can't do anything that day and he has to go home and he makes zero dollars. You know, which is I know that sounds crazy, but that's that's like industry standard to screw stuff up in, in kitchen remodeling. 
Um, so the way that we built our systems, our checkpoints, our checklists, when they show up, they have everything that they need from start to finish. The customer's been communicated with, um, you know, frequently. They know exactly when we're coming. Uh, um, all of the parts are checked in. We're not missing anything. We actually verify the job site's ready for them. You know, we're not going to send them to a job that has 50 sheets of sheetrock piled up in the kitchen and expect them to move it. Um, so we set them up for success. They can get in. They can do great work, uh, not have anything stopping them. And uh, they make more money working for us than they do for other companies. And it's not because we necessarily pay more. It's just because that they can be more successful based on our process. So yeah. they love working for us. That's fantastic. So, you know, another interesting thing about Cabinet IQ um, that drew me to this brand is, and I just had this conversation yesterday with a prospect about the franchise model and the value of investing in a franchise is the ongoing support that you get and specifically within marketing. Um, so you guys have a call center which is fantastic, a first point of contact for franchise owners when they enter the system. But from a marketing standpoint, as I understand, that call center will consistently be reaching out and prospecting on the behalf of your franchisees, looking at who's pulled remodel permits in a given location, um, doing cold calls, and so forth. Um, can you just expand upon that just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, it's a little secret of ours, but it's totally fine. I'm, I'm open to talking about it. Um, it's it's really successful, and I'm sure other people are going to uh, take this and maybe make their businesses better too. But basically, we have a uh, call center, and uh, they uh, – so full-time, they are calling active construction permits in the city. So what that means is someone pulls a – a remodel permit for a kitchen or a new home or for a remodel. Um, all of that information is public across the nation in each municipality. Uh, so we're actually calling them up and saying, you know, congratulations on getting your permit approved for 123 Main Street. Uh, can I ask what you plan to do for your cabinetry? And, uh, you know, sometimes people, it kind of catches them off guard a little bit and they say, oh, you know, we don't know yet. Who are you guys? And then we just kind of tell who, who we are. We're the highest rated cabinet company. We'd love to, you know, set up a meeting to show them the products. And uh, they're setting, you know, between eight to 10 appointments a week um, with people that need cabinets. So, you know, marketing doesn't have to be any simpler than finding the right person at the right time and, and having the product that they're looking for. So this is a direct way to do that. And it's been really successful for us. It's on autopilot, and uh, that's been uh, a big driver of our, our B2B business. That's fantastic. All right, Michael, on a last note, as the founder of Cabinet IQ, who are you looking to partner with? What does your ideal franchise owner uh, look like? And I know this can be owner-operator, or it can be semi-passive with a general manager in place, but what attributes are you looking for? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, I think what's the most important for me is someone that cares about people, someone that like genuinely wants to help someone. Um, so kitchen remodeling, it's 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 it can be stressful for a client, right? And uh, they're choosing cabinet IQ, uh, and you have to care about their project. You can't fake caring. 
Um, so that's really the number one thing for us is, is finding someone that wants to give back to the community to, to help their community to solve uh, customer problems. Um, you know, the problem being an old kitchen, they want a new one and you're the, you're the person for it. So you have to care. Um, so caring leads to five-star experiences. When you, when you have more five-star reviews than your top 10 competitors combined, uh, you just start dominating your market. So, uh, but that starts from caring. So that's really the number one thing for us. Um, someone that knows how to manage people. Um, so you're talking to, you know, uh, relationships with clients, relationships with subcontractors, relationships with employees as your business grows. Um, so someone that really has, you know, not just, you know, the IQ, but also the emotional intelligence to to deal with people and to, you know, be their biggest cheerleader to help them solve problems, to push through, you know, a, a tough situation. Um, someone that has, you know, that sort of personality to be a, a people person, they'll do well. Um, you know, an actual salesperson is a is a good a good fit for us as well. Someone that has a sales personality that is persuasive, but in a good way, right? Like um, can help people make decisions, can um, um, you know help them through through their problem for um, choosing certain items. Um, so those are the big ones. You know, customer service, um, someone that knows how to manage people, and then the last one for for us is uh, uh, attention to detail. Uh, mainly around the process. So everything we do has a, a very specific purpose. Um, our process is set up to not make mistakes if you follow the process. And um, when someone would, if they were to go rogue and just skip a step, um, it could lead to you know problems. Um, so someone that understands the process, respects the process, and uh, you know, and can question the process. Is this really the best way to do it? You know, we can have an open discussion about it. But from day one, uh, they need to be process oriented, follow the process, respect the process, and um, they'll see uh, why we do what we do. So I think those are the big ones for us. I think what's really important to highlight here is you did not mention prior experience in construction or remodeling or interior design or anything like that. So the soft skills that individuals hone in their corporate lives or everyday lives are very much attributable to, to this type of business. Um, I think so. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, I'm excited to see this brand grow. I know it's an emerging brand, just started franchising in 2022, but you have been fine-tuning this business model for the previous five, six years now. And um, partnering with Rain Tree from a franchise sales organization to really take the lead on that and let them do what they're best at. And you focusing on supporting the franchisees, I think is a fantastic move on your part. So for anybody interested in learning more about Cabinet IQ, please feel free to reach out to me at Stacy at FusionFranchising.com. Thanks and have a great day.